Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Always glad that you would take time out of your busy day to listen or to watch the podcast. And today we're in Romans chapter number two. And just so that we have a a kind of a big picture view of where we are in the book of Romans, we find the Apostle Paul writing this group of people excited to declare unto them the power of the gospel. Why? Because it's the gospel that gives us hope uh, for our sinful condition. We're learning in chapters, the end of chapter one, all the way through chapter three, we're learning that mankind is in great and desperate need. Why? He's a sinner. He is ungodly. He is unrighteous. And he has knowingly resisted God and God's truth. And that resisting of God and that Worship of self has only caused his sinfulness to become exacerbated, and we read about that whole long list of sins at the end of chapter one, and now we're seeing a whole different category of sinfulness in chapter two, because we're seeing people that think that they're righteous, they think that they're holy, and they're looking at these unholy, unrighteous people as if they are the ones that will be judged of God because they are the sinners And yet what the Apostle Paul is pointing out, obviously under inspiration from the Holy Spirit, is that, no, we are all sinners. And the religious sinner sometimes is the worst sinner of all because he can't see himself. I think about that episode in Jesus' ministry when he went to the house of Simon the Pharisee. Remember, that woman came in and she began to weep at the feet of Jesus and began to wash his feet with her hair. And Simon the Pharisee looked down on her because she was a, a, a sinner, a woman of ill repute. And if Jesus really were a prophet, he would know that. And remember, Jesus said, Simon, you know, this woman has come in and done all the things that you as the homeowner should have done. A kiss of greeting, uh, the anointing of oil upon the head, uh, the uh, the what was the the washing of feet, and yet uh, you have done none of that. And the point that Jesus brought out was, she that understands her for her forgiveness will love much, but he that doesn't see himself as needing forgiveness will not love at all. He was indicting Simon, who thought he was a fastidious observer of the law as a Pharisee. And yet, really, he was a sinner just like everybody else. And yet, religious sin can be the worst sin because we're often blind to it, that judgmental, condescending attitude. And Paul's all over that here in Romans chapter 2. Look at verse number 6, where, finishing the thought from yesterday, the Apostle Paul said, "...who, God, will render to every man according to his deeds." So ultimately, we will be accountable for the decisions we make. I think about that awful passage in Revelation chapter 20, when all of mankind stands before God, before Jesus, really, God the Son, heaven and earth pass away. They're they're rolled up like a scroll. 
And there at the great white throne judgment, the books are open and the deeds that men have done, uh, they're accountable for and judged in ultimate and final judgment before being cast into the lake of fire. I mean, those are, that, those are dark thoughts, aren't they? But that's the Bible. And the Bible says that God will render to every man, every person, according to his deeds. You say, what, Pastor Skelly, I, I thought that we, Kurt, I, I thought that we weren't judged according to our works. No, no, we're not. We're not. If we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, obviously, he has done his works for us. And because of his work on the cross and because we received by faith the gift of righteousness that we did not earn, but that he earned, then obviously we are not judged by our works because God sees not us, but he sees the works of Christ. He sees the imputed record of Christ in us, but that's getting far ahead of ourselves because right now in Romans chapter two, the apostle Paul is making the case that mankind is accountable for his relationship with the law of God, and he is going to be judged according to his deeds. And that's an that's a that's an awful thought, especially when we consider that nobody measures up. And that's the ultimate point about sin that Paul will make. Look at verse number six. He will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuous and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. So here's the one ideal. The one ideal is if you could live your life in complete accordance with the will of God, with the word of God, and you could live your life in patient continuance, in well-doing, and you were seeking for glory and honor and immortality, then your reward would be eternal life. Listen, if you can satisfy the righteous demands of God, if you can obey the law of God as given to Moses, then you have earned salvation. Then you have earned eternal life. So there, there really are two ways to heaven when you think about it. Uh, you can work your way, do it yourself. How, how are you doing on that one? Or you can trust the work that has been done through Jesus Christ. And there really are two ways. And so hypothetically, the Apostle Paul here in verse number seven says, okay, if you have patiently continued perfectly to follow the law, then you will inherit eternal life. Now look at verse number eight. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, that means the stored up wrath of God, the indignation and wrath. So obviously those that have sinned are going to be this, are going to be subject to God's wrath, but those that have never sinned are going to inherit eternal life. So here are the two choices. Live perfectly in the sight of God, according to God's law and inherit eternal life or suffer the consequences for living unrighteously for breaking the law of God and for inviting the indignation and wrath of God. Those are the two options presented here by the apostle. Would you see verse number nine? Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. Well, that's a dark saying. Now, I hate to admit this, but 
I think you probably already know, and it's true of, of you as well, and that is we've all done evil. We, we've all violated the law of God. We've all suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. And the Bible says, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man. That's man and woman, by the way, mankind, that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. Now, that's an important statement. Why? Because the Apostle Paul is about to jump into where most of the religious moralism that he's been talking about, where most of it resides, and that is in the heart of the Jewish people. Now, obviously, Paul himself was a Jew, and Paul loved his people. We see that over and over again. We'll see it in Romans 9 poignantly. We'll see it in Romans 10 in a really indicative way. So Paul loved his people, and Paul had already told us back in Romans chapter 1 that the gospel's to the Jew first, also to the Gentile. Uh, Paul loved his his people. He loved his religion. Remember, he said to the Galatians, he said, I was more zealous than any of my forefathers. I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he told the Philippian believers. And so Paul, well, he took it seriously. And yet, what did Paul learn? He learned that in all of his religious moralism, in all of his efforts to keep the law as carefully and as ardently as anybody had ever strived, all he ended up finding was self-condemnation. All he ended up finding is that the law of God didn't save him, but rather it slew him. And we're going to learn all about that in chapter number seven. So here in chapter two, the apostle Paul is making the case that the sinful condition of man uh, rests not only on the scorecard of the Gentile, but also on the scorecard of the Jew. And, and, and he, there's no, no distinction. Look at, look at verse number 10, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile for there is no respect of persons with God. So God says, okay, here's an, an equal opportunity. God, I am going to allow anybody that fulfills the righteous demands of my law that fulfills my righteous standard, I'm going to allow anybody, whether he be Jew, whether he be Gentile, I'm going to allow anybody to have eternal life. But anybody who violates my standards, anyone who does not measure up to my righteous demands, anybody that finds himself suppressing the, the, uh, the person of God and the will of God in the truth of God in unrighteousness, he will be judged for that, whether he be a Jew or or a Gentile, I am not playing favorites. Well, that's a, that's a pretty sobering thought too, isn't it? Would you see verse number 12? For as many as have sinned without the law. So what does that mean to sin without the law? Okay, what that means is the Gentiles. For the Gentiles, the law of God, the Mosaic covenant, was not given to the Gentiles, it was given to the Jews. They were the curators of uh, they were the recipients of the law of God. That's why they were held more accountable. Uh, they were God's people through whom God wanted to demonstrate his character to the world, and they failed. But the point is this, that the Gentiles 
don't have the law. They weren't raised learning the Torah. Uh, they didn't have any affinity for Moses. They didn't have the books of the Bible, uh, that, that Bible memorized. No, they, they, they were ignorant of the law. But, but watch this. For as many as have sinned without the law shall perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. So what's the point? The point is the Gentiles might think, well, we don't have a law of God, so therefore we're not accountable. What God says here is, yes, you are. You're accountable even though you don't have the codified 613 special laws of God or the Ten Commandments, you're still accountable. And by the way, Jewish people, even though you have the law, you're still accountable because having the law and even knowing the law is not equal to obeying the law. So in one case, you don't have an excuse for not having the law as a Gentile. You're still under God's potential judgment. And Jews, you don't have an excuse because you have the law. Matter of fact, you have a greater accountability because having the law and knowing the law is not the same as keeping and practicing and obeying the law. Now, that's where we're going to stop today. But the Apostle Paul is really going to go on and nail down this point that whether you are ignorant of God's laws, as they have been revealed specially in the Word of God, or whether or not you know the Word of God, let's be very practical. Uh, most of the people I'm talking to today are not Jew, you're Gentile, but some of you really know the Bible. Some of you maybe don't really know the Bible. Who's accountable before God? Both. We're accountable for what we know, and we're also accountable in our ignorance. And I'll show you exactly how that works next episode. So thanks for joining us today. You're a blessing. Hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.